Hello, welcome to Harvest Point Online. My name is Lucas Simmons, and I am thrilled to say that I am your guest speaker here on this Father's Day. I'm so excited to be here. I just want to take a moment and recognize a few of the fathers on our church staff. There's our student ministries pastor, Jason Brown, our worship director, Oscar Smith, and our lead pastor, Jonathan Anderson. Thank you all so much for sharing your gifts with the church. We appreciate you so much. As I said, my name is Lucas and I'm really excited to be here. I love Father's Day. It's a day where I get to celebrate not only my dad, but all of the father figures in my life. Mufasa, Carl Winslow, Tim the Toolman Taylor, and Dar of course, Darth Vader, who, let's be honest, is just a dad who wants his son to join the family business. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you this morning, I thought about all of the father figures in my life. I'm very fortunate to have multiple men that have served as father figures for me. There's my dad, my uncles, my grandfathers, my high school golf coach, Coach Kincaid, Pastor Stephen Ushry, and even the fathers of some of my closest friends who have welcomed me into their family and treat me as one of their own. And we all have someone that we can point to who has been a father figure to us. It could be our own father, an educator, a pastor, if you're willing, I'd like for you to post in the comments one word that describes your father or a father figure in your life. There are many different attributes that can be used to describe fathers. Lately, as, I preparing, as I've been preparing for this message, I began asking around and some of the responses that I heard from were helpful, responsible, skilled. And when I think about my own dad, the word that comes to mind is thoughtful. Uh, last year, he surprised me with a trip to the U.S. Open Golf Tournament at Pebble Beach. It's one of our favorite golf courses, something we both enjoy doing, and the final round happened to fall on Father's Day, so we got to celebrate that together, just the two of us, and it's a memory that I'm going to keep with me forever. And fathers come with many personalities, styles, terrible jokes. Some of you have very positive ideas because of your dad, and others of you may even have neg negative experiences about fatherhood from your own experiences. But no matter your experience on earth, I want to tell you this morning that your heavenly father God is the ultimate father. He is the father that models for us how other fathers should be and really how all of us should live. And Jesus illustrates this beautifully with the following story, which happens to be one of my favorite parables, the prodigal, the prodigal son. So let's read that together. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called on one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, is, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. We usually focus on the son in this story, but today I want to focus on the father. The son goes to his father and says, give me my share of the estate. I don't know if any of you have ever had this thought. I know more than my parents. That's what's happening here. In a culture that honored their parents, asking for an inheritance is offensive. Receiving an inheritance is something that's usually done when a parent passes away. The son is basically saying to his father, I wish you were dead. Then the son leaves and spends all his money. He experiences famine. He has nothing. So now the son has to do something that no child ever wants to do. Admit their parent was right. The son is experiencing shame and remorse over his actions, knowing that he probably should have stayed in the safety and comfort that his father provided him. He's probably experiencing some fear and trepidation over what his dad might say and or do when he gets back home. And then we get to one of my favorite parts of the story. It says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. The son is so desperate in these moments that he's just hoping, maybe, my father will take me on as one of his servants. Then it says, so he got up and went to his father. Now listen to this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He ran to his son. In this culture, running would have been considered very shameful. It would have been like your dad running down Main Street in his boxers for everyone to see. And some of you probably have dads that have done that before. Jesus is teaching us about God's love for us. 
He's telling us that God yearns for a, for a relationship with us. God will comfort us, provide for us, and love us. This person did something terrible to his father, and the father responded with love and compassion. God is here for us with arms wide open, ready to embrace us, to give us the life he wants for us. And there are going to be times in our lives when we don't want to come home, where we have convinced ourselves that we know better and that our way is the best way. There are going to be times when we don't want to come home because we think we've messed up so badly that there's no way our parents would ever forgive us, where we're scared that they'll be angry, we're scared that they'll belittle us for the poor decisions we've made, or that we're scared for the punishment that is to come. In this parable, Jesus is telling us exactly who God the Father is. Jesus is telling us that God is compassionate. We're told that God is forgiving. Jesus is telling us... I'm sorry. Okay. In this parable, Jesus is telling us exactly who God the Father is. Jesus is telling us that God is compassionate. We're told that God is forgiving. He got past his hurt and anger, and the Father found it in his heart to forgive his son and welcome him home. Jesus also tells us through this parable that God is eager. He is eager for a relationship with us. He is eager to love and forgive us even when we don't deserve it, when we're scared to come home. God is running to us. No matter how far away we get, God is ready to embrace us and welcome us home. And the truths in this parable about our Heavenly Father are reflected in a story Max Lucado shared in one of his books, No Wonder They Call Him Savior. In his book, he tells about a young woman named Christina. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with a home having only a pallet on the floor, a wash basin, and a wood-burning stove, she dreamed of a better life in the city. One morning, she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what life on the streets would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go find her. On her way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing, pictures. She sat in the photograph booth, closed the curtain, and spent all she could on pictures of herself. With her purse full of small black and white photos, she boarded the next bus to Rio de Janeiro. Maria knew Christina had no way of earning money. She also knew that her daughter was too stubborn to give up. When pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place with a reputation for streetwalkers and prostitutes. She went to them all, and at each place she left her picture, taped on a bathroom mirror, tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to a corner phone booth, and on the back of each photo she wrote a note. It wasn't too long before both the money and the pictures ran out, and Maria had to go home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her small village. 
It was a few weeks later that a young Christina descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired. Her brown eyes no longer danced with youth, but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dream had become a nightmare. A thousand times over, she had long betrayed these countless beds for her secure pallet. Yet the little village was, in too many ways, too far away. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a familiar face. She looked again, and there on the lobby mirror was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small photo. Written on the back was this compelling invitation. Whatever you have done, whatever you have become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. She did. No matter how unworthy we feel or how scared we are to come home, this is how God responds to us. He responds to us with compassion, generosity, and forgiveness. God, the ultimate father, will accept nothing less than having you as a daughter or you as a son. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you to thank you. Thank you for being the ultimate father for us. Thank you for your grace, forgiveness, and compassion. We confess that there are times where we may wander, where we get off the road that leads to you. And even when we feel shame or regret for our actions, or when we feel we've gotten so far away that we don't know if we can come back, you are always there, running to meet us, ready to embrace us and welcome us back home. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done and all that you will continue to do in our lives. We love you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.